Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I've been involved with this charity. It's called Homeless Not Toothless. Okay. For people that couldn't afford getting their teeth clean, getting them done. Oh, I like that. So PK and I are putting on a little event. I'm on the board of this charity, Homeless Not Toothless. Oh, wow. Sharon Stone is on the board with me. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. I feel very privileged. It's just a really incredible, beautiful charity. Great. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I was so happy that Dorit was so excited about this charity, Homeless Not Toothless, although I don't think she or anyone else understands exactly what this charity does. They are, however, thrilled that Sharon Stone is on the board, and I am pissed that they didn't deliver on Sharon Stone. They promised us the whole episode, Sharon Stone. I was expecting her to saunter in front of the red light like she was in Basic Instinct. Instead, we got Melissa Etheridge, and I was thrilled that she came to the window. I was thrilled that Melissa Etheridge sang her hit song, Come to the Window, or Come to My Window, whatever that is. I love that song, but don't promise me Sharon Stone and not deliver. And I was uh, relating to Diana, because she was the one who was so excited about Sharon Stone when you heard it on there. She said, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. She was more excited about Sharon Stone. And Dree told us about how Sharon Stone was her neighbor and then came to the house and said, I got this charity that doesn't get a lot of press. But then meanwhile, Sharon Stone can even give it the press by highlighting on this program the way Jamie Lee Curtis did. Jamie Lee Curtis came on screen and hawked her wind chimes in order to get people to talk about my hand and yours. And Sharon Stone could have gotten some good press out of this and could have gotten some good viral moments on Homeless Not Toothless. Instead, she decided not even to show up and sent Melissa Etheridge in her place. Who, by the way, uh, Kathy thought Melissa Etheridge was just living under Dorit's staircase or something like she was uh, Harry Potter before he goes off to Hogwarts. Like She's like, (laughs) Kathy Hilton, did you hear it? She's like, has she been there the whole time? And it's like she thought that Melissa was just in the dark underneath the staircase. And by the way, that uh, this episode gave me one of my favorite moments, I think, in maybe the history of Housewives. I don't mean to exaggerate, but I do think it was maybe the best scene I've ever seen on this show. And that is before Melissa Etheridge arrived. They had this like dark mood lighting, and we know, speaking of Jamie Lee Curtis, she taught Kyle and the other gals how to be in correct lighting and always sit where the best lighting is. And so they had this really good mood lighting. All the gals look great. And then PK was in charge of turning on the lights. And Dorit was already skeptical about giving PK this job because she didn't think he could handle it. And he's like, uh, babe, I could turn on the lights. You know, he's got the new teeth. He figured he could turn on the lights with his new chompers. And so he's in charge of the lights, and just as Melissa's coming out, Dorit's trying to silence everyone because there's this fight going on between Lips and Sutton across the table, and then P- Dorit's like, PK, we gotta, we gotta stop this. Melissa Etheridge is here. You know, she's gonna come to the window. And then PK gets on his phone, he does the light thing, and he accidentally turns the lights way too bright, 
And then it was like these women transformed, right? Like, I don't want to talk about their looks, but I'm about to for a couple minutes because he turned on those lights. And I swear it was like that 30 Rock scene. Did you ever watch uh, Tina Fey's 30 Rock where all of a sudden they're being filmed in HD cameras and then half of them become Muppets and Tina Fey turns into like this troll in Central Park? Like, with <laughs> do you know what I'm seeing? I'm talking about, you know, like that's what I felt like happened on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills, when all of a sudden PK turned on the lights, it was like, these women look completely different. And I would look different. We all would look different. That harsh overhead lighting, it was like office lighting. Like, that's the kind of lighting that PK turned on. And they were also pissed. Dorit, I've never seen her more upset with her husband. She was more upset about this than the DUI. Was she not? (laughs) She was more pissed about him turning up the lights than she was the fact that he got a DUI and she had to go pick up the car the next day. That thing, she was just, she keeps saying it. She's like, yes, I was mad at him, but I got over it. But I don't think she's going to get over this lighting debacle because all of a sudden he popped out the lights and you could see like the makeup caked on and you could see the the cracks forming. And they all, of course, get these Botox and fillers and they all look beautiful with or without the Botox and fillers. But when you see the harsh overhead lighting, it doesn't hide any flaws. And that's why all of us should never be in that kind of harsh overhead lighting. There's an argument to be made. People are talking back and forth. I've seen all these articles recently about people going back into the offices. And since the pandemic, a lot of places are working from home. And is it beneficial to go to the office? And if for nothing else, we shouldn't go back into the offices because of the harsh overhead lighting. Ladies, am I right? It's just not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And so it was one of my favorite things I've ever seen on the show. One of the best things I've ever seen on Housewives. I will be watching that clip over and over again. And it was just a quick little cut. It was like a quick cut of Kyle. You saw splits in the harsh overhead lighting. And I think you maybe saw Bamboozled Jane and Dorit. And then Dorit was just kicking PK under the table. You know, he didn't sleep in the bed that night. He didn't sleep in the bed. He might have slept in the bed that night. He came home after the DUI situation. But he certainly did not sleep in the bed after the harsh overhead lighting situation. He was kicked to the curb. He was kicked to the curb. Uh, we have so much to talk about. So much to talk about. You know, they say it every, every week, but not only do we have to get into the rest of this Housewives episode, because there's a lot to talk about. I do also want to let you know that there's a great interview with Cal Penn, actor, writer. It's fantastic chat. It's on the podcast feed. So go listen to it. It's also on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino one. Now in that Cal Penn chat, we talk a little bit about how he was managed by Candace Cameron Bure's mother. And then I'm also reading this Jeanette McCurdy. I hope I'm saying that name right. She was a child actress on Nickelodeon. She just wrote this good book. I just started last night. And in the first few pages, she mentions how she was either managed or represented by Candace Cameron's mom. And it got me thinking because I last week was in some hot water with the Candace Cameron Bray stands. She's got some stands. Now, on my social media, I've been going to the gym. I've been doing a lot of exercise, uh, running on the treadmill, doing the Barry's Boot Camp class the whole night. And I've been taking a photo to keep myself accountable. And also, I think it's fun. I post on my social media just a picture of me after I finish my workout. And then I put these little random thoughts on there, right? So I'll say what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, just whatever I'm thinking at the moment. And so last week, I posted one of these. And it was in the midst of this feud that was happening, the celebrity feud between Candace Cameron Bure of Full House. She played DJ on Full House. And Jojo Siwa from Dance Moms, and the, the youths know Jojo Siwa. I mean, who doesn't know Jojo jo Siwa? Gay advocate, uh, Dance Moms, she's in the stores. You go to Walmart, you can't go two feet without seeing some Jojo Siwa merch. She's got toys, she's got Bath and Beauty products. It's like back in the day, remember when I grew up, that was like Mary-Kate and Ashley. They had Mary-Kate and Ashley bubble bath and PlayStation games and hair products and uh, the whole nine. Now you go in there, it's Jojo Siwa candle, Jojo Siwa 
hairbrush, Jojo Siwa headphones, Jojo Siwa, I don't don't know, uh, home decor. It's like everything fucking Jojo Siwa. Okay. So they were in this big feud and I actually sided with Jojo Siwa. And so I posted this thing on my, on my social media. And I believe it's okay for us to have arch nemesis, arch, arch nemesis, arch nemesis. Mine, of course, if you're longtime listeners of the show, you know that Patty Stanker and Melissa Joan Fart are my arch nemesis. And I don't need to have much reason. They know what they did, but I don't feel that I even need to explain any of it. I could just have those arch nemesis. That's my right. And I think it's healthy to have that. So I often refer to Melissa Joan Hart as Melissa Joan Fart because she's my arch nemesis. So as I was posting about Candace Cameron Bray and I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to add her to my arch nemesis list. And so I posted about that, that I'm team Jojo, hashtag team Jojo. And I wrote Candace Cameron boring. (laughs) That's how I wrote her name on Instagram. Now, people often reach out to me, and I've told you guys before that people send me mean messages. 99.9% of the DMs that I get on social media, they're all so nice and lovely, and I have the best time chatting with you all, and I love it. But every once in a while, something mean sneaks in, and I don't always like to share those because I don't even want to share the mean messages because I don't want more people to send the mean messages to me. So I'm hesitant to even read what I'm about to read on air. I don't want more people to send me mean messages because they think that I'm going to read the mean messages on air. However, I have to read the one that I got about Candace Cameron Boring because it is too good. It's too juicy. So sit tight, little bear. We got to go on this Candace Cameron Boring detour because here's a message that I got. And I'm not going to read the handle because I don't want people going after this woman. But she sends me this message after I refer... So stupid. So I get this after on my Instagram, I refer to Candace Cameron Boring who played DJ in Full House. As Candace Cameron boring. So she, this woman writes, she wrote, sit tight. Dear Danny Pellegrin, no, she's capitalized N O in my name and she spelled it P E L L I G. It's P E L L E G R I N O, but she spelled it with an I. So she already spelled it wrong and then she capitalized the N O at the end. So she's Danny Pellegrin, no. I say no because no, it's not okay for you to go after Candace Cameron Bure. Did you? This is a long message. Did you see how I spelled her last name? It's Bure, not boring. It is extremely disappointing to see you, that you, infer that she is boring due to the way Jojo horribly attacked her character. So I'm just reading this verbatim, by the way. So yes, the grammar is off, but it's how she sent it. Okay, so then she goes on. Candace is anything but boring. Candace has entertained millions like myself her entire life from Full House to the Aurora Tea Garden series. How many series has JoJo done? How many have you done? She's got a point there. Uh, Candace is not boring, and the last way I would describe her is boring. Like her character said in Full House, how rude. (laughs) Please don't resort to low blows ever again, jerk. Wow. So that was the message I got from this woman on social media. Now, I have a few things that I want to say about it. First of all, DJ Tanner's catchphrase was not how rude. That was Stephanie Tanner. That was Stephanie Tanner. And of course, uh, DJ Tanner's only catchphrase, which wasn't even really a catchphrase. She tried to make it a catchphrase when she did Fuller House. But it was the term, oh, my lanta. Okay, so Full House and Fuller House fans know that DJ's only catchphrase was, oh, my lanta. And it was the worst catchphrase of the whole bunch. Because remember, Uncle Jesse had, uh, have mercy. 
Have mercy. And then Michelle Tanner had, you got it, dude, and you're in big trouble, mister. You're in big trouble, mister. And Stephanie Tanner had, how rude. And then, of course, Kimmy Gibbler had the whole bit about her feet stinking. You know, that was it. But DJ didn't have no catchphrases. And so this woman who sent me the message, I just have to say, she if she was such a fan of Full House, then she should know that that was not DJ's catchphrase, how rude. That was Stephanie's catchphrase. Now, she did have a point about me being in good series, because I have not yet been cast in a series the way that Candace Cameron Boring has. However, Jojo Jojo has done series. She was, of course, in Dance Moms. That's a legendary series. That entertained millions. Millions. Now, apparently, Aurora Tea Garden is a thing on Hallmark. You know I love the Hallmark Channel for the holidays, but I don't watch... I'm not like watching Candace Cameron Bray's detective series on there. So, I'm sorry. I can't speak to that. However, uh, I do want to say that I will continue to reference her as Candace Cameron Boring because I think it's funny and it's so innocuous and silly. Like it's, it's not, I could be saying way worse things about Candace Cameron Bray. The fact that I'm just changing her last name, which isn't even her last name, it's her married last name into Boring. And by the way, I have a lot of problems. The reason Candace Cameron Bray is my arch nemesis because I saw she's selling Bibles on her, on her thing. And I find it a little, does anyone else find it a little weird to like profit off the word of the God? <laughs> I'm not a religious person, but it seems weird to be selling Bibles, hawking Bibles on your Instagram account. It's like you're profiting off of a Bible. You didn't write the Bible, and you're selling the Bible. And I know that you're, the copyright goes out after a while, so I think it's fair use now at this point in the Bible. But I still don't really think that people should be just selling them willy-nilly and profiting them off them. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to give this DM a big old girl. Girl? I'm not interested. Girl. Girl? So anyway, I just had to read that for you because it made me laugh so much. I mean, I can't believe she sent me this long message when I saw it. I just, I started cracking up. I started cracking up. I had to read it. So anyway, I'm sorry uh, to any other Candace Cameron Boring stands out there. I don't want you to be mad at me, but I'm not going to stop calling your Candace Cameron Boring. Neither am I going to stop uh, calling uh, Melissa Joan Fart, Melissa Joan Fart. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Okay, let's get back to The Real House of Beverly Hills, because now that we got into all that, we got to talk about this episode. Uh, last week, a lot of you reached out about Harry Hamlin. I had spoke really nicely about Harry Hamlin. I had said he's a nice guy. He's in all these movies and stuff like that. And a lot of you reached out and said you hate Harry Hamlin. And I'm just going to say that I think that's okay as well. I'm not, I support you on that decision and that journey. And this week in particular, I think is the most mad I've ever been at Lisa Ren. And now I understand the grieving process. And I understood when she had that breakthrough at the end of the episode and she was crying. She said, I'm not, I'm just letting this all out on you because I'm upset about the lowest situation. But you can't just excuse all of the, your behavior forever and ever on Lois. Now, I also want to discuss Erica Jane's tagline. Bamboozle Jane, she said she's got nothing to lose. I got nothing to lose. And then I just want to say, I think I just read that she did lose her earrings. So apparently, <laughs> apparently not only has she lost her dignity on this program, but I think she did also lose the earrings or something. I didn't read into the full story about the earring situation, but there's a big article about the earrings. And I'm so, I'm, I'm pretty sure she does have stuff to lose, including earrings, the Pasadena house, her dignity, and uh, plenty of other things. Didn't they just do a big auction at Tom Girardi's place? I'm sure some of those things were hers too that she lost. So I think she does have things to lose. And I just want to point out that her tagline is like, I got nothing to lose. And it's like, I think you do. And I think you did. I think you do. And I think you did. So we opened this week at PK on the dentist. He's getting the new chompers. I just went to the dentist too. I just did my 
thing. I did my cleaning, and they put a little bonding on one of my tooths, teeth. Uh, and I have to tell you, I always do the nitrous oxide at the dentist because I'm an anxious person. I got TMJ, so keeping my mouth open, I get like a little nutty. And so the dentist I go to offers the nitrous oxide, which makes you in another universe. And I had it on the thing, and I, I was like, telling the dentist, I kept thinking as they were cleaning my tooth, like, you know how you hear that noise where it sounds like drilling or something like that when they're just brushing them? I kept hearing the drilling sound make the sound, uh, I'm Lisa Leslie, bitch. Okay, (laughs) bear with me for a second. Now, Lisa Leslie was in the WNBA. Now, I'm not like some big Lisa Leslie fan. Of course, I remember that name. And I remember that she was in the WNBA. I couldn't tell you what team she played for. All I remember is back in maybe the 90s or something, everyone was talking about Lisa Leslie in the WNBA. And so I'm sitting there, and somehow the nitrous oxide is getting in my head or something. And so that's all I'm hearing. So I'm telling the dentist, like, when they finally are done cleaning my teeth, he's like, how did it go? And I was like, I kept hearing you say, I'm Lisa Leslie, bitch. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, he had no idea. <laughs> he had no idea. But that's the sound I kept thinking that it was making. And then I voiced it to this man. Which, by the way, I also asked, I was like, oh, I want to do the Bane voice. Because they put the nitrous oxide over your nose, and it looked like Bane. I was taking selfies. You know, Bane from Batman. And I was like, I want to do the Bane voice. And they were just like, uh, no thanks. Like, they were just not on board with all of my nonsense while I was on the nitrous oxide. But I did get my chompers clean, and so did PK. He got the new chompers. The dentist says that PK and Dorit are aging in reverse. Now, maybe Dorit is. I'm not sure that's how I describe PK. No offense to him. I don't want to talk about his looks, but is he? Is he? Now, PK says his new teeth are actually a bad omen because they are, uh, since he got the new chompers, he says the house is robbed and you got a DUI. So now he's blaming all of this stuff happening on the new chomps. And I don't know that that's really it. Now, I also want to talk about these new chompers that everyone's getting. The housewives have all gotten the new veneers. I see it happening time and time again. And some of them look really good, but some of them do not. We've all seen the chompers. I'm not going to name names, but some of the chompers do not look so hot. And I think that maybe some people just have okay teeth. When they showed Dorit's teeth before, they looked perfectly great. And they didn't look overly perfect. And I think some people are losing some of their character by doing the veneers. Now, one of these days, I might decide, hey, I'm going to get veneers. But at the moment, I'm not getting veneers. And I think some people need to stop and some people need to cool it because it's happening too often. PK, on the other hand, when they showed his before picture, I thought, okay, he should definitely get some new... Any other teeth would have been better than those old chomps PK had. He could have put in those uh, fake teeth that you have at Halloween. You know, those ones that taste like wax, the wax teeth. Those fucking chompers would have looked better than PK's old set because I saw those... And Dorit's like, you know, I loved you because I'm, you know, I feel like my Dorit's turning into LVP. But anyway, Dorit, like, I, I loved you when you had those teeth. And they showed a close up of them. And I was like, whew, not okay. Not okay. And couldn't you have used a whitening tray or something? I mean, what was happening there? They were brown as can be. They looked like he just drank sewage water. He must have been drinking some of that Rena Rose. <laughs> Because I swear they were brown as can be, and I don't think that's just from uh, regular water. That's got to be something you're eating or drinking or something. And to that I say, like, grab a Crest White Strip, PK. Would that have killed you? Some of these men, they do the bare minimum. And the women, meanwhile, Dorit, probably her whole life, the whole time she was with PK, probably running off and getting some fillers and Botox, getting the hair done, making sure the nails are done, making sure she's got a tan, making sure she's got the best outfit on. And then PK can't even put on a fucking five-minute Crest White Strip. 
they even have the crest white strips. Not only do they have the long ones, but you can get the, I do the sensitive white strips and because I got sensitive teeth and they only stand for 10 minutes, do them 10 minutes a night. It's so easy and it makes them better. And so you mean to tell me that PK couldn't bare minimum, these men, they can't even do the bare minimum to stay up with their hygiene. And you know, his breath smelled bad. You know it with those teeth. I'm sure he had some dragon breath. It probably, uh, I mean, he had some dragon breath. Might as well have been on Game of Thrones because that breath could not have been good with those rotten teeth in there. He's drinking sewage water. Probably the time he was friends with LVP, he was drinking the Vanderpump Rosé. That's probably what did it. Because I've tried it too. You know what I said? All the housewives, alcohol, all tastes like sewage water. And so I'm sure PK was, must have been down in all of it, probably having the Ramona Pinot Grigio, drinking the Skinny Gal Mars, drinking the LVP Rosé, probably got an advanced look at the Rena Rosé, all of it. Because there's no other excuse for why his chompers look like that and gave him the dragon breath. You know he had the dragon breath. He did. Dragon breath. Uh, anyway, uh, we got to take a break here. It's already, we're already in here. We got to take a break. Um, but at the dentist, real quick, actually, let me get through this dentist scene because Dorit invites the dentist and everyone that Dorit invited to this homeless, not toothless thing, they were all just like hearing about the charity, but that not really able to process what it meant because when she says the name homeless, not toothless, which I agree with Kyle that maybe we need to workshop the name. Because it doesn't really, I don't know that it's great. I don't know that it's great. But everyone, as she's telling, she's, they're like, okay. And meanwhile, Bravo was so shady. They were playing like that goofy music in the background. <laughs> you know, like the Alex McCord, like, da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. Like every time that Dorit is playing, <laughs> every time Dorit was telling someone about the homeless, not toothless, they played that goofy ass music as if we were inside of a clown car. And it's like, I love when they do that music, but it's like, uh, Homeless Not Toothless is maybe not the time that we could do it. But Dorit invites the dentist, and they kept showing the dentist's wife at the party. Do you notice that they gave her like a title? They were, what's her name? Oh, we'll get to it. But I do think that uh, they were setting up the dentist's wife to be someone. But then meanwhile, he's given away. He's like, I guess we'll do a giveaway, and we'll give away one tooth cleaning. And did anyone else feel like maybe he could have given away more than one tooth cleaning? I'm not saying he's got to give away the whole practice. I know everyone's got to make money in this economy. I get it. But that man, first of all, he got all that free promo by having Dorit and PK in the whole scene when he was replacing uh, PK's chompers with the dragon breath. So he got all that free promo. And now he's going to get all the free promo at the Dorit dinner party. And all he is giving away is a one tooth cleaning or something like that. I mean, how much is that? A hundred dollars? I mean, come on. That all he could give away, maybe he's given away something. Maybe I missed it. And he's given away like a whole row of teeth or something. I just felt like he could have loosened up the purse strings a little bit. Ladies, am I right? It was like, what are you doing, the dentist? Now, Dorit reveals about the thing that she lived next to Sharon Stone. And Sharon Stone is the one who came over. And you guys, I have some theories about this because I don't know that Sharon Stone even knows who Dorit is. And is anyone maybe thinking, that Sharon Stone saw PK outside of their house, outside of the Marvel or uh, the modern farmhouse. Or wait, she probably lived, I think it was at a different house. So I don't know if it was at their current house, but apparently Sharon Stone used to live next door or down the street from PK and Dorit. So does anyone think, this is maybe sort of mean, but do you guys think maybe that Sharon Stone was like walking in one day, saw PK in the driveway, like picking up the paper or something and thought maybe he needed new teeth? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe she wanted him to not be toothless and thought, okay, how about you come and we'll give you a free tooth cleaning. 
And then she meets Dorit, and then Sharon Stone probably had like an aha moment in the middle of talking to Dorit, like, oh, this man is not like a street dweller. Maybe he's just the neighbor. And so then she had to cover up her tracks a little bit. So she's like, oh, uh, Dorit, do you want to come join my charity? And so she then had to cover up. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm getting at? Because I don't know that Sharon Stone was like really quite aware of like the whole ins and outs of who Dorit was or where Dorit was or what was going on. So I kind of think like maybe Sharon just saw PK on the streets with those old chompers and the dragon breath and thought, oh, you got some rotted teeth. Maybe we could help you out. And then they, uh, throughout the whole process of trying to help PK get the new chomps, she realized like, oh, this man actually lives in this beautiful house, represents boy George. And so maybe I just need to cover my tracks and invite Dorit to be on the board with me. And so now Dorit is going around telling everyone like, oh, I'm on the board with Sharon Stone. And it's like, really? Actually, Sharon just did that out of courtesy because she thought PK's rotted teeth were part of the charity. I'm just saying, that's what I'm th- I could be wrong to be totally off base. Uh, all alleged, everything on this podcast. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I do believe that's what happened. Anyway, let's take our break now. We're going to come back. We got so much to discuss. We got to talk about the crystal of it all. We got to talk about Asher at home in the, oh my God, Asher at home in the piano. Girl? In the leopard shirt and the Newsies top hat, another Lisa Renna original outfit. We got to talk about it. Let's take a quick break here. We'll be right back. I want to thank ACAST. Find me on social media. Listen to the Cal Penn episode. Subscribe and follow wherever you listen to everything iconic. Go to the Patreon if you want bonus episodes. Get my book, How Do I Unremember This? And we'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at 
Shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash everything iconic. And we're back, girl. Girl? Okay, I do want to say that I feel bad. I feel like I'm talking shit about the Homeless Not Toothless campaign or charity. And I think it's a great charity. Do I think that there's maybe bigger issues, like maybe that's a micro issue in terms of the homeless problem here in California, and there's a macro issue that's more important? Maybe so. But I do think that it's a great thing, the fact that you could get out with the teeth. And I remember on Married to Medicine, remember Dr. Heavenly was helping people get their teeth fixed. And I think it's a great thing. It gives people self-esteem and it makes people feel better, especially if they're re-entering the workforce. I think there's nothing that is better than making feel someone feel confident and comfortable in their own skin. And so I think this is a phenomenal charity, phenomenal, phenomenal. I'm going to go donate myself. I'm going to go donate myself, which by the way, can we all just maybe donate to some cancer charity in honor of Olivia Newton-John? Olivia Newton-John, a queen and icon and legend. She passed away. I was, I felt so devastated by it. I mean, Grease is one of the greatest movies of all time. She's so good in that movie. Every guy, every, every straight guy wanted to date her. Every gay man and woman and uh, wanted to be her. I mean, she just in the leather outfit at the end. Tell me about it, stud. And then physical and hopelessly devoted to you. She always had a phenomenal voice. She did so much for cancer research. And so maybe we should do something. I have cancer has affected my family in, in so many ways. And so maybe we can figure out some way, everything iconic. We need to figure out something. We're going to give to homeless, not toothless. Let's all donate maybe a couple bucks. Homeless, not a couple bucks goes a long way, even if you don't have a lot of money. Couple dollars to homeless, not toothless, and then maybe we do Olivia's a charity, or maybe we we got to figure something out. So next episode, or within the next couple weeks, I'm going to figure out some way that we can give back in honor of Olivia Newton John and and all the people who've been affected by cancer. And uh, it's just so horrible, it's so horrible. But Olivia gave us so so much, and so we're so grateful and thankful. And she's a queen, and may she rest in peace. And uh, my heart goes out to her family. I loved her, loved her, and I hope we're all listening to her music and rediscovering one of the kind of things about social media nowadays is when someone passes, it seems like the entire timelines fill up with clips and videos and pictures. And I think it's just a kind of a wonderful thing. Not that these people pass, but I think it's wonderful that we all have outlets and ways to celebrate their work and celebrate all the things that they've given us in terms of pop culture. And so it's nice to see people celebrate their work because I'm sure she would love that. And so heart goes out to the family. Anyway, what were we talking about? Okay. Okay. So let's cut to Sutton's store. Let's get in the nitty gritty. Let's get back here, girl. Girl? Let's get back here, girl. Uh, I'm in big trouble, mister. You're in big trouble, mister. <laughs> Michelle Tanner. Ah, I watched every episode of Fuller House. Every single episode I watched of that. So you can't tell me that I'm not a Candace Cameron Bure, uh, someone who's allowed to talk a little shit about her because I watched every episode of that fucking series and it was not good. It was not good, but I went to, I went down with that ship. Anyway, Sutton, we're at her store. Now she reveals that she doesn't know how to lock up the store. Crystal shows up, though, and Sutton says that uh, the women were all talking about her. At the event at Lisa Rinna's house, Lips said something about the eating disorder, and Lips apparently had told Crystal earlier that day or the uh, afternoon before something, she had sat down with Crystal and uh, Diana Jenkins, Room 23's Diana Jenkins, and she had told Crystal that, hey, we were all talking about your eating disorder, but I don't think she really told her exactly how she was talking about it. And meanwhile, I was so focused on that bucket hat. I can't see that bucket hat one more time. I can't see the bucket hat. I can't do it. Can a producer step in and take off the bucket hat? Can we, can we not do anything about the bucket hats? 
I've seen too many bucket hats on this program. It's happening time after time. Time after time. How, to what end? To what end? Are we going to see the bucket hats on Lisa Rinna? Lips is always wearing the bucket hat. Now, she had sat down, Krista, and said, oh, we were all talking about the eating disorder, but she didn't say the way that they were talking about it. I don't feel like she was really honest. And so Sutton says, like, I don't think they were talking about it out of concern. I think they were judging. Now, Crystal talked to Lips about Amelia's eating disorder, and Rinna told Crystal that she needs to talk to a professional about it, and I think that's true, but Crystal's got to do it in her own time, and it's just gross how they're all sort of using it. I don't know. I I don't like the way that they're all using Crystal's eating disorder as a storyline. I don't care for it. It makes me feel icky. It's one thing if Crystal's revealing information, which, by the way, Crystal also revealed that she worked at Vicky's Secret when she was 16, got fired, and moved on to the Lady Foot Locker, which... I would have liked to have seen a series of uh, Crystal's transitions from Vicky's Secret to Lady Foot Locker, because those are two different stores, retail stores. Uh, the young people listening to Everything Iconic might not understand this, but Vicky's Secret, that's a whole different ball game than a Lady Foot Locker. Two opposite, a uh, lady uh, at Vicky's Secret, you got to wear something nice, casual, sexy. At Lady Foot Locker, you got to dress like Robin Thicke at the VMAs when you did that dance with uh, Miley Cyrus. You know, you dress like Beetlejuice in the black and white stripes. That's what you got to wear at the Lady Foot Locker. Uh, so, look, I can't even picture Crystal in the Beetlejuice outfit that she would have had to wear at Lady Foot Locker. But I also can't imagine anyone having to touch uh, if feet. The fact that Crystal had to put shoes on people's hooves at the Lady Foot Locker, I can't even imagine Putting them a fit in people's hooves for feet and for athletic shoes is not something I'm interested in at all. Not something. And I'm someone who grew up on Married with Children. Remember that sitcom, Married with Children? And Ed O'Neill played Al, and he worked at a ladies' shoe store. And I remember it was like always big, played for big laughs. It's like he always had to put shoes on some women who came in there, and it was like he hated it, but yet he still had to work there. And so. I was just always raised to think that the worst job that you could possibly have in the entire universe is working at a lady's shoe store. And here comes Crystal. She worked there, too, so she's really brave. She's brave to do that in that era. I'd say she's braver than the Marines. Moving on, uh, we see Asher. Girl? At home, at the piano, again, in the leopard shirt and the Newsies top hat. Can we take about 45 minutes to discuss this outfit? Now, why is he rummaging, rummaging through Lisa Renna's leftover clothings? I mean, Rinna is putting on the bucket hats, and it's probably only wearing the bucket hats because she can't find her newsy top hat and the leather uh, top, the leather blouse she was going to put on for the scene because Asher grabbed hold of it when she wasn't paying no attention because I feel like he's just rummaging through her closet. And every single outfit now I see in Asher, I'm like, that's exactly something Lisa Rinna would wear. Like, I swear I saw that top on lips a couple seasons back when she sat down with Eileen. I think uh, Lips was wearing that same leopard blouse that Asher was in. Just wearing the leopard blouse. Meanwhile, Diana's in the tracksuit, like she's Sue Sylvester in Glee. And then the boyfriend, the young kid, boyfriend, husband, I don't even remember if they're boyfriend or husband. I don't fucking care. But the point is, he's wearing the leopard blouse, and then she's in the tough tracksuit. And I'm glad that they're playing around with gender norms. I'm just saying it's shocking to the eye every time I look at the screen and think I'm looking at lips, and it's all of a sudden Asher. Girl? 
And he's sitting at the piano and he's playing the piano and Diana is just like sneaking in the corner. Now she says, my favorite time is when Asher forgets I'm there listening to him. And okay, let's break down the logistics of that because they would have had to get clearance on the camera crew. And so the camera people showed up and you're telling me that Asher is just casually playing there, does not know that Diana's around, even though the producers are there. So they think that the whole crew just came over to film Asher at the piano in a leopard blouse. I mean, come on, Asher. Come on, Diana. Let's be real. And obviously, we're all coming to the conclusion that Diana only did this show so that Asher could hawk his his CD, his Spotify playlist, or whatever the album he's got online is now. Because I don't feel like there's any other reason that Diana's on this show. I don't even think she wants to be on the show. She seems so fucking uncomfortable on camera, licking lips every second. She's not even giving us outfits. She's putting on, what, a trucker hat and a track outfit. And meanwhile, Asher's given us glamour, leopard blouses. He's given us, I mean, he's getting more dolled up. He's got the feathered hair. We only see Diana in a hat. I don't even, I feel like I've seen her do her hair maybe three times this whole season. Meanwhile, Asher's got the layered feathered hair going out. Like he's just got a blowout and putting on the, the animal print blouses and just running around town. And I'm like, Asher's doing more for this. He should be the housewife. He should get the diamond, not Diana. And I know we haven't had a male housewife, but it ever has been a time for us to have a male housewife. It's now with Asher. Replace Diana with Asher. Give him a diamond. Let him twirl in the opening next to lips. And let's hear his tagline. It'll just be like, girl, I'm here. Diana's in the back or something. I don't know. We worked up the tagline. I haven't quite figured it out yet. But it, I would definitely have to say, girl. Girl? Girl, I play the piano and you can't play me. or so, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to think about it. We'll get back to you on the tagline. But... Apparently, uh, he grew up on Broadway. Diana says he's a child, and Asher softened her, but he needs her hardness, she says. So then they sit and eat and talk, and they talk about their next baby. And I can't even focus on anything because he's wearing these sunglasses. Did anyone see the sunglasses? What were those sunglasses? They were like sort of triangle. They look like very aggressive sunglasses. I don't know how else to describe it. Aggressive to the eyes, the only way I could describe those sunglasses. And I don't like Diana, so I'm moving on. Then we cut to Bamboozle Jane and Splits. Now, Splits hired a stretch artist, and I believe that she hired the stretch artist, and she goes to the stretch artist regularly because she wants to do the splits on camera. That's what I believe. I don't think that she's seeing this person to work out or to stretch for health reasons. I think she's just got to keep those legs going so that every time the women have a 1920s party and do a flapper event, or anytime they do a great Gatsby party on the Real House of Beverly Hills, uh, splits can do the splits. That's the only reason she has this man at her house. And I wonder what you pay for a stretch artist. Meanwhile, Erica Jane is saying, I, I think I have a love affair with pain. I could drop it down when I need to. And there's all these theories online because around this time, it was reported that Bamboozle Jane was living next door to Army Hammer, which, by the way, there's going to be this new documentary on Discovery Plus about Army Hammer and all like the crazy stuff that was going on. There was like all this crazy abuse and sex stuff. And I, I don't know. I haven't watched the documentary and I just saw a trailer for it, but it seems really intense. I'm super excited to watch this documentary, but there's all these rumors that Bamboozle Jane was living next to him. And the guy that she was referring to that got her into dominatrix and stuff, people are all thinking or, or wondering if maybe that was army hammer and it's all this crazy stuff. So every time I hear her talking about love and pain, I'm all I'm thinking about is was army hammer here. 
Meanwhile, Army Hammer, did you hear this? He's now overseas selling timeshares. Now, you know, when I grew up and went on vacation, we always used to do the timeshare tours because that's how you get the free dinner tickets. I wrote a whole chapter about this in my book about when we used to go to Florida as kids. We Our first stop would be at the timeshare tour. So we would do the tours of the condos, and they would give us the free theme park tickets. They'd give us free dinner tickets, and we'd hop on the golf cart and pretend we were buying a condo. We never had any intent, uh, never thought about buying a condo. We just wanted the free dinner tickets. So now imagine, you go on vacation. You're a young kid. You're going on vacation. You're hoping to get a free dinner ticket. And all of a sudden, Army Hammer shows up and is taking down a golf cart around some condominium complex and trying to sell you on a timeshare. I mean, the idea of that is so wild to me. And I think it's maybe in the, is it in the Caribbean or something? I'm not sure, but just imagine all of a sudden the star of Call Me By Your Name, uh, the star of, what was that? The Lone Ranger. What was that movie? Did he do a movie called The Lone Ranger? Unclear. I don't think anyone really remembers that movie. It's with, what's his name? Uh, but so imagine that uh, suddenly you're getting on a golf cart with Army Hammer. And I wouldn't want to get on a golf cart with Army Hammer. I'd be scared. I don't want to come within 10 feet of that man. And I've always gotten weird vibes from him ever since the Call Me By Your Name press tour. I remember he was on like a, the LA episode of Watch What Happens Live. And I just got a weird vibe. I got a weird vibe, so I do not care for that man. And if anyone's going on vacation, do not buy a timeshare tour from him because we cannot support that commission. (laughs) Do not get a condominium from him. Go to anyone else. Ask for somebody else to take you around in a golf cart. If you're you're just going there for the free dinner tickets, do not buy from him. Anyway, Kyle says she's got hypermobility syndrome. So Split says her arms and legs go numb sometimes. They show a flashback of her just like falling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you see that flashback montage where it was like Kyle's trying to do a headstand and then she just like fell. And that was how they were explaining like her, her syndrome. They were like, sometimes she just goes numb. <laughs> and I don't think that the flashback was like an actual instance of it. It was just like one time where her equilibrium was off and she fell over, but it was so funny to me. Like they were just going through all of their footage from the 12 years or whatever the show's been on. They're like, we need to find some footage of Kyle's hypermobility syndrome and her arms and legs going numb. And the only thing they could find was like when she was getting out of a headstand and she just sort of fell over and they're like, that's it. And it was like, I don't think that was it. <laughs> and then they're asking about this guy, the stretch artist or whatever the fuck you call him. I don't know if that's his official title, but he, they were like, where do you get the, the gong, like the, the sound gong? And he's like, gongs unlimited, but they think he says dongs unlimited. And Erica Jane's like, Oh, so you check my search history. Ah. And she's trying so hard to be like, what's her, Kim Cattrall and Sex in the City. And I'm like, it's not working. So then we see all the gals getting ready for the party. Now, Hip Hop Rob's not allowed to wear his gold jacket. Apparently, he got a gold jacket, and Crystal will not let him wear it. And I am pissed at Crystal about this. Crystal, let him wear the gold, okay? I want him looking like gold member Austin Powers. I want him in. <laughs> I want him looking like Mike fucking Myers on Austin Powers and gold member, Okay. If Hip Hop Rob's got an all gold suit, by any means necessary, let him wear it on camera. Please, I beg of you. And meanwhile, Dorit's party is all gold. That's what she's doing for the theme. And she's in vintage Cavalli, which did look phenomenal, you guys. I loved Dorit. It was sort of like old school glamorous, and it was weird, but like the kind of weird that I like. Some of Dorit's look are too weird for me, and I think they're just a little bit. But when she showed up on screen in that vintage, I said, Have mercy. I said, have mercy, Dorit, because it looked phenomenal. I was ready to turn straight. Not quite. I mean, I was ready to get on my knees when Mauricio arrived on screen. So, uh, ladies, am I right? Anyway, she did look phenomenal. 
And uh, we see all the guests coming, and I'm assuming that the surprise guest is going to be Boy George, because they always say, and in the episode they said, like, oh, PK always likes to bring a surprise guest. And I was like, the only surprise guest we've seen him bring is Boy George. So let's stop acting like he's bringing on so many people. I mean, granted, Melissa Etheridge. We can't discount Melissa Etheridge. Come to My Window, by the way, is one of the greatest songs of all time. So I love me some Melissa Etheridge. She also had that song from Inconvenient Truth I really liked. I remember it was like about climate change or something. (laughs) I'm not laughing at climate change, but I'm laughing at the fact that they like did a soundtrack song about climate change. And I used to, when I lived in Chicago, I used to just run around the city listening to it on my like iPad Nano or whatever, iPod Nano, just running around listening to Melissa Etheridge's ballad about climate change. Like, what the fuck was that about? What the fuck? What was I doing? (laughs) Do you just picture me in Lincoln Park, Chicago as a young, a young gay boy, just newly out of the closet, walking around the city and just marveling at the big, the big tall buildings and listening to the climate change song from the Inconvenient Truth soundtrack by Melissa Etheridge. (laughs) Like, what the fuck were we all doing? Was anyone else doing that? Does anyone know what song I'm even talking about? Look it up online, because I, I hope I'm not like dreaming this up. No, I know that she did a song. She, Melissa Etheridge did a song. I think it was Melissa Etheridge, wasn't it? Yeah, she did. She did like a ballad about climate change. And quite honestly, I'm going to need some more artists to step up and do ballads about climate change, because we got some issues here. The world's on fire. Look out the window. Melissa Etheridge is telling you to come to the window. You need to come to the window and look out of it, because our world is on fire. Okay, Melissa Etheridge needs to change those lyrics and say, come to my window and look out of it and look at our climate. The whole world is on fire. So I know Ariana Grande, Lizzo, I'm going to need you to step up to the microphone and do something about climate change. Okay, it's about damn time you did a song about climate change, Lizzo. You get me? You get me, Ariana Grande? You're busy doing the Wicked movie. And uh, I need you to not just defy gravity. I'm going to need you to clean up the planet. Okay, figure out something because I can't do it all. I'm not a musician. But you all have the power of the microphone, so drop a beat. Mm, well, Candy, won't you check around Puerto Rico and see if there's a studio we can go drop some beats? <laughs> <laughs> drop a beat in Puerto Rico and make some planet change stuff. Okay, so before everyone shows up, this is when Dorit and PK are arguing about the lighting situation and the theme. And Dorit's like, my anxiety, PK, you're scaring me. You know, she's upset with PK because she doesn't trust him about the lighting. And she was right to not trust him because he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Then we cut to everyone coming to this party. We see Lips and Bamboozle Jane in the car. And of course, they're doing their whole bit like, let me see that dress. Those are hooker shoes, bitch. Oh, bitch, you're wearing those hooker shoes, bitch. And it's like, I can't, I can't do the scenes with them anymore. I just can't, I can't even look. I just can't deal with them anymore. I can't look at Bamboozle Jane and Rena entering scenes anymore. Talking about the outfits, it's all so much. And it's so like, ugh, it's too much. Look at those hooker shoes, bitch. Hey, bitch, and those hooker shoes. I love those hooker shoes. Oh, I can't do it. I can't, I'm exhausted. A fuck enough. It's a fuck enough. Okay, then uh, what else is going on? Kathy arrives with not Rick again. He's always, She's always riding with someone. Oh, oh my God, but she arrives with this guy named Dwight. Now, Dwight, it's revealed, he's the one that pushed Ken into the pool on the bar shelf. Remember when Ken Todd almost broke it? Did I say it's Ken Todd? What did I call him? Kit Todd? Ken Todd. Remember when Ken Todd almost broke the hip? On the Baja shelf of the pool, because Dwight just threw, launched him in. And why didn't we get any explanation? Why, when Dwight is at the party, why didn't someone say, like, hey, Dwight, like, why did you push that old man into the pool? Like, what? 
And by the way, I don't like anyone to push anybody in a pool. I'm not part of that whole thing. When I'm near a pool, if somebody's thinking, oh, I'm going to push him in, I'm not interested, okay? I just will never speak to you again. That will be, simply be the end of our relationship for all of time. So if you see me near a pool, and I, by the way, I'm not going to do it to anybody else too because it's fucking rude. Someone's got their hair done, they got makeup on, wearing some rouge, and wearing a nice blouse for a party, and it's near a pool, and then someone decides, oh, I'm going to push him in. Like, fuck you. So I was pissed at Detroit. I was on the side of Ken. But why didn't anybody ask, like, hey, why did you push that octogenarian into the pool on the Baja shelf? Like, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Like, what was he thinking? You shouldn't push anyone into a pool, but specifically a man over the age of 80. Or I don't know how old Ken Todd is, but he's got to be nearing octogenarian age. So at some point, we need to say, look in the mirror, Dwight, and say, why did I push that elderly man some anywhere, let alone into a body of water with a high Baja shelf? What are you thinking, Dwight? I don't know if you're listening to this podcast. And now Kathy's hobnobbing around town with them. And this man allegedly has no relationship no more with LVP. And of course she doesn't, or he doesn't. Why would LVP want to talk to this man? I would never speak to him again, ever. And I actually, more than anything, that's what LVP should be pissed at all of these other people about. The fact that Dorit and PK are now hobnobbing around town with Dwight, who pushed the husband, old man, into the Baja shelf. What the fuck? That's what it's called, right? A Baja shelf? Or am I making that up? Anyway, uh, he, yeah, I can't believe that he was there. And then, uh, Kathy's going around looking at all the place cards. She's like, oh, Leanne's coming tonight. And then PK's like, it says Diana. <laughs> And you know Kathy has no idea who Diana is. No fucking idea. Then Diana arrives, and uh, Kathy says to Diana, like, your husband or boyfriend or whatever is a good singer. She says, nine times out of ten, the singer's a disaster. And then the editors immediately cut to Erica. Because what they're trying to say is like, hey, guys, Erica's a bad singer. Like, that's what the editors are telling us. Now, Rinna already had a shot on her way. And as much as I hate the scenes of Rinna and Erica together, I think they're really uns- insufferable together. Uh, I do love Rinna's dress. Lip's got a good dress on. She does. But I can't watch not one more scene of them together. I cannot do it. Now, this man, Dr. Jay Grossman, he's the CEO of Homeless Not Toothless. He has nine kids and apparently is this big character. But then he didn't show up to things. He was sick or something. And it's like, well, why are we talking about this man then? Did you notice this whole thing where they're like, oh, the CEO, Jay Grossman, he's the he's crazy, wild character. But then he's nowhere to be found. And it's like, so why do I fucking care about him? Like, cut out the footage then of him. It's so weird to me. Unless he's going to show up down the road or something. But it's like some of the filler these days on Bro- I'm like, what is happening? Why am I, why do I care about this Dr. Jay Grossman? I don't know. Kathy, though, when she finds out about the homeless not tooth, she's like, yeah, you know, you need teeth. She goes, and people don't know it's hard to talk without teeth. <laughs> she's not wrong. She's not wrong. But she, it was funny to hear her say that. So Rinna uh, reveals that they're having Craig's cocktail weenies. And we've been talking a lot about Craig's on the show. We talked about it last week because they had that one. Uh, they talked about something that happened at Craig's off-camera, and now we're getting Craig's cocktail weenies. Now, when Mo or Mauricio arrives, PK gives him a gold belt. It's Versace. And, oh, and this is interesting. So PK reveals that the night of his DUI, uh, he was at dinner with John Legend and Lionel Richie. I would love to be a fly on the wall of that table. 
And you know, Chrissy's a huge fan. John Legend's wife, Chrissy Teakin's a big fan of the Housewives. So I wonder, like, was Chrissy there? Or do you think Chrissy was like, John, you need to go have dinner with PK so I could hear all about it? Like, she either was had to have been there, or I feel like she was the one who sent John off and was like, John, you need to go have dinner. Like, PK, she probably found out through the grapevine that PK was going to be at Craig's at the dinner table or wherever they went to dinner. She's like, you need to go get them liquored up and find out everything you can about the housewives. And then what she probably didn't account for was the fact that PK was then going to get behind the wheel of the car and then drive home and then get pulled over by police, go in the police station, and then have to go home uh, escorted by the police. And Dorit was going to have to go back for the car. But I would love to know the logistics of it. I want to know what they talked to with Lionel Richie about. Need to know all the details of this dinner. Now, Sutton arrives. Rena says hi. Cherie can't be there because she's got COVID. Uh, Erica, again, it, they all point out her hooker shoes and her short dress. And Mauricio and PK are talking about like who they would have sex with without their husbands. And Mauricio immediately was like, Dorit. And there's this rumor, these people speculate sometimes, like maybe Dorit and PK, or maybe Dorit and Mauricio have some weird thing going on. And remember that time uh, in the premiere when Dorit accidentally kissed Mauricio's arm? Remember when she would eat? She was getting the hug from Mauricio, and she kissed the arm or the shoulder or whatever. It was really awkward. And so now when Mauricio's like, oh, I fucked Dorit. And then PK's like, no, I meant besides our wives. You know, like he had to correct Mauricio. And Mauricio was like, oh, I guess Rinna then. And PK said Erica. And I don't know. It was just sort of weird. It was weird. Did anyone else find it weird? I didn't like it. Now, Dorit talks about Don. This is another strange thing that they're editing on this show. This man, Don, who apparently is so attracted to Garcelle but never shows up, and he apparently got COVID. It's like, why are we talking about this man, Don, that's attracted to Garcelle if we're never going to meet the man? Stop bringing him up and all this stuff. It's so weird to me. Then they all sit down. Nadia is that Dennis' wife's, who, who Dennis, his wife that they keep highlighting. Erica gets a vodka soda, and it's like, why does she keep drinking? Then Dorit toasts. She's like, I wanted to introduce you to a, ga- a charity that's a special place in my heart. I've been trying for a year now to have a gala, but COVID. And I don't think she was trying to have a gala. I think she was trying to have a dinner. And she's using COVID as an excuse because a gala is expensive. And I bet production was like, we're not paying for a fucking gala for this tooth charity. She's like, so I guess I'm just doing the dinner. And she's blaming COVID for why she can't have the big gala. Gala Gala, what do we say? Uh, so I think that's actually the truth. I don't think it's really that she wanted to have one. And then uh, she's like, the charity's called Homeless, Not Toothless. And Kathy's like, what's it called? And then <laughs> Kathy, I swear, Kathy was acting like an octogenarian in this episode. She's like, what did you say? What's this? I mean, she's just walking around asking all these questions. She reminded me of, this is a, a deep cut reference, but do you remember Slappy the Squirrel on the animated show Animaniacs? It's a deep cut, but that's what Kathy was reminding me of. The squirrel, the old lady squirrel. It was like an octogenarian squirrel with a purse. Remember? <laughs> you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. A lot of you have no idea what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, uh, Diana says that she, this is a full circle moment for her because she was on a charity to remove wisdom teeth. And then it, she reveals that she grew a, a second. <laughs> I can't even say this sentence without laughing. So, okay. Diana grew a second set of wisdom teeth. So she says now it's full circle. And you know what I said when I heard that? Girl. Girl. What? What the fuck is Diana ever saying? Like, and also like, what's this wisdom teeth charity? I don't want to make fun of charities. I'm happy when anyone's given back. And again, I say, this is a great thing. I don't want you to misconstrue my words because you guys will say that I'm making fun of the tooth charities. And I'm not. God bless all the teeth charities. I want all the charities to exist. If you're giving back, you're giving back a bless. 
I don't want you to misconstrue my words and say I was talking shit about charity. I'm just saying, like, I didn't realize there were so many teeth charities. I mean, how many chomper charities are we doing on the uh, in Beverly Hills? Maybe can we redirect some of those funds somewhere else? Cancer research or just general homelessness? I, I, I think it's a phenomenal thing that we're fixing people's chomps, but maybe there should be 30% less chomper charities and uh, 30% more of some of the others. Maybe that's just the math. And don't yell at me in the DMs about talking about charities. That's just my opinion. What do I know? I'm not a, I'm not on the board like Sharon Stone. Uh, okay, so then they're all sitting around, and Kyle's trying to stir the pot because Kyle knows nothing's happening. So she's like, what was going on at that Rinna party? And then Garcelle says, Kyle always wants to throw Sutton under the bus. And Sutton is like, I don't want to talk about this. And then Rinna says, Sutton didn't apologize to Harry. And it's like, who the fuck cares about Harry? Now I'm starting to side with all of you who hate Harry Hamlin because I'm like, who the fuck cares about Harry? Why does Sutton got to apologize to Harry Hamlin? So weird. And then that's when Rinna... It breaks down and she says she wanted a public apology. Then she says it was all, she's getting mad because Lois is uh, now not with us. And she says, that's what's going on. And that's why she's mad at everyone and just acting out. And then as they're fighting, Melissa Etheridge shows up, tells everyone to come to the window. And then Sutton reveals that Melissa is her girl crush. And Kathy's like, was she hiding under the staircase the whole time? That's when she says that. And there was something very gay, and I mean this in the most complimentary of ways. I don't mean this as an insult when I say gay, because as you know, I'm gay, so I, I'm proud of these two. Uh, but when PK and Mauricio were swaying and listening to Come to My Window, there was something so beautiful and gay about that. And I, I know we talked earlier about Call Me By Your Name, but I don't remember a scene in Call Me By Your Name that was as gay as the one where PK and uh, Mauricio were swaying while listening to Melissa Etheridge sing live, come to my window. So that's just what take it for what it's worth. Uh, these large studios, these movie studios, they can't possibly make something that's as gay and beautiful as that scene of PK and Mauricio swaying to Melissa Etheridge, come to my window. Uh, okay. Then we see, uh, the, they all talk and PK takes the microphone. They take photos of Melissa Etheridge. Melissa Etheridge, I don't think has any idea who these people are. She has no fucking idea. And by the way, we talked about that whole lighting moment where PK turned on the bright overhead lighting. And I just have to say, you know that Dorit said under the table, she said this. You're in big trouble, mister. (laughs) She said, you're in big trouble, mister. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. What else do we have to talk about? They have that. I think Rena the I I my issue with Rena is she should, just should have taken the season off. And I get the grieving, but it's becoming too much meanness, too much meanness, and no one wants to watch that. She says, my pain is not about something. She's sobbing. We hear her sobbing, and Mauricio is kind of high. By the way, did you see him in the corner? Well, Rinna's sobbing. He's just like looking off into the distance, and you know, I felt like he was on nitrous oxide. It was like he didn't know where he was. (laughs) I loved it. But Rinna should probably stop film or uh, take some time off or at least a, a few grieving weeks or something. Can we do that? I think everyone should get off time work from work when they're grieving someone because it's not healthy to go back. And there's, I always say there's no timelines for grief. And so I think everyone should be able to take off the time that they need from work. But being expected to film something like a reality show after losing someone so close to you, it, it's not okay. And so I understand why Rin is acting out. It's just maybe she should have taken time off. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Sutton next week brings up Erica's lawsuits. Finally, I feel like we're all ignoring the elephant in the room with these lawsuits. Does anyone else feel crazy about that? Bamboozle Jane's got all this fucking legal stuff going on. <laughs> And no one's talking about it anymore. We're just seeing Asher at the piano in a leopard blouse. And we're talking about Sutton and Rena's fight. And it's like the biggest thing happening in these women's lives is this whole thing with Erica and all her legal situation. And I feel like fucking crazy watching the show and seeing these whole episodes where we don't even talk about it. I mean, it's nuts. And then next week, Crystal, she talks to Hip Hop Rob about her eating disorder, which that to me is a great storyline, but also it feels like it's being doled out so weirdly. And does that make sense? Like I've, I feel like we're not really getting much from crystal. We're getting a lot of other people talking about it and we're getting little drip drops of it each episode. And it's like, I would like us to have a long conversation about it. Does that make sense? Uh, anyway, Kyle plans the daughter's wedding. Rena throws a disco party and Garcelle and Erica get into it. I'm excited. Next week looks phenomenal. It looks phenomenal. So I cannot wait. I, I do love this show. It's just uh, some of it I have, uh, you know what? We critique because we care. Critique because we care. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. Again, listen to that Cal Penn interview. I think it was a really good one. I uh, He's been acting in everything and talking to him about his lustrous career. He was also worked for the Obama administration. It's truly fascinating stuff. And I loved his book. Uh, I forget what the name of the book is, but look it up. It just came out in paperback and I flew through it. I thought it was really great. I'm not just saying that. I thought it was good. And that Jeanette McCurdy book I'm loving so far. Uh, I am only like 60 or 70 pages into it, but I think it's got some juicy stuff and I've heard it's really good. So I'm excited to kind of get to the heart of it, but it's fascinating. Even just I'm interested in child actors and that whole world I think is fascinating. And meanwhile, it all comes back to the show because Asher reveals he was like a child actor. He was on Broadway as a kid and all that kind of stuff. So it all comes back to Housewives. All comes back to Housewives. Thank you all so much for listening. Find me on social media. Again, the Patreon is at, if you go to patreon.com slash Danny Pellegrino. Or no, I'm sorry. 
patreon.com slash everything iconic. You can donate $4 more per month and you get access to the bonus episodes I do one a month where I recap Sex in the City from the beginning. So I'm currently on season two of the original Sex in the City. So I do one episode per month. It's not a lot of bonus episodes, just one a month. And more importantly, the money helps to support the show. And you can get my book. That's a great way to support the show. Truly, that's the best thing in the world. So uh, that's available wherever books are sold. There's also an audiobook. But I love you all so much for listening. Let's do our cheese little cool down. We need a we need this. We need this. Have mercy. Have mercy. <laughs> Girl. Uh, let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out, girl. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. You're in big trouble, mister. You're in big trouble, mister. Breathe out. Now, you're in big trouble if you didn't breathe out because you can't hold your breath that long. Ladies, am I right? <laughs> anyway, this was a long episode, you guys. We had too much to talk about. I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe. And we will talk uh, later this week. Love you all. Bye-bye. Actually, we'll talk next week. We'll be back with a new episode on Sunday night. Bye-bye. Have I been sleeping? I've been so still, afraid of crumbling. Have I been careless? Dismissing all the distant rumblings. Take me where I am supposed to be. To comprehend the things that I can't see Cause I need to move